This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Oh, the burdens a great wizard such as myself must bear low. But we do all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep things like, oh, I don't know, being responsible for the loss of your fellow wizard's immortality all bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. Going to therapy has taught me that I don't have to react to every emotion I feel, even though those emotions are valid. Sometimes taking a moment is all you need to respond in a way that's truer to your values. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash magic today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash magic. Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list. Winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the Personal Price Plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. The following podcast is not real, but it is really sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy the show. From the Magic Tavern, a weekly podcast from the magical land of Foon. I'm your host, Arnie Niekamp. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, a little over half a year ago, I fell through a magical dimensional portal behind a Burger King into the magical land of Foon, and luckily I still get a slight Wi-Fi signal through the portal from the Burger King, and I use that to upload a podcast that I record here in the tavern, the Vermilion Minotaur, in the town of Hogsface, in the land of Foon. Joining me, as always, are my co-hosts, Chunt the Talking Badger. Bing bong. Is that a new, is that a new catchphrase, Chunt? Oh, I'm just saying stuff. <laughs> just Not everything I say has to be a catchphrase. That's true. So you're saying you will never again say bing bong? No, chunts up with that. All right. Bing bong. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> and I'm also joined by... I am Usador, wizard of the twelfth realm of Ephesius, master of light and shadow, manipulator of magical delights, devourer of chaos, champion of the great holes of Trachus, the elves know me as... Feline Zelig. The dwarves know me as Zonin and Hukstangis. And I am new to the northeast... As Gasmanius Maystar, and there may be other secret names you do not know yet. Names so filled with magical portent that they would fry your eyeballs from the inside out. Holy cow. Yes. Fry my eyeballs. Oh, yes. They would catch a flame within the center and burn out from the inside. 
towards the outside. From the inside towards the outside? From the inside toward the outside. And then, as flames shot forward from the eye sockets where your eyeballs used to be, you would scream, Why did you say that powerful name? Why did you put this burden upon me, Usador, wizard of the twelfth realm of Ephesius? Why have you damned me to this sightless state? Bing bong. Oh, my bing eyes. Bong. Bing bong. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of liking the bing bong. Wowie owie. Bing bong. Uh, you know, before we go any further, I know I normally don't do this. I, usually we do the emails at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. But I kind of want to read one of the emails that we've gotten from one of our listeners recently. Uh, if you want to send us emails, you can send them to Magic Tavern at puppies.supply. Wow, what an exciting turn of events. <laughs> You're really flipping the show on its head, huh? I know. Completely in the opposite. Wow. Maybe we'll just do our regular banter then at the end of the show instead of uh, at the beginning. Uh, Arnie, you said some time ago that you would do an Earth episode, and I eagerly await this. The reactions of your friends over the bits and pieces you've shared have been priceless. I think they deserve to know more about where you come from. Perhaps it would help clear up some of the cultural misconceptions you've run into. Thanks, and have DQ back again as a guest soon. Icy Toes from Alaska, the frozen land of the North. P.S. I'm sure that Sarah has not moved on and that she shows your photo to your daughter and tells her stories of you every night. Us Earthwives are pretty great that way. Oh, thank you so much, Icy Toes. P.P.S. Chunt, I think two buttholes is plenty. And more than that, you're just being greedy. Mind your biz, bing bong. <laughs> uh, it's so sad when you meet someone living in a delusional state. Yeah. Well, and, well, Icy Toes, thank you so much, and thank you for that bit of kindness about my wife and daughter. That means a lot. That's and because of that, uh, you're in luck, Icy Toes. You said uh, you love Earth stuff and you love DQ, so we have are going to do an Earth stuff episode. Woo! And Woo! our special guest is not DQ. It's wonderful. Benedict Whisperbrew. Hello, it's so wonderful to be back. Hello, Benedict. How have you been? Well, thank you, Gasmonius. I, uh, if I, if I want to be honest, I have not been doing very well. Oh, no. No, Benedict. Uh, yeah, I, I think if you remember, last time I was here, I was trying to get uh, Arnie to, mm-hmm. to be Titania's consort for the, 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 the dance of the satiated hippogriff. And yeah, and, and just for new listeners, you, were, uh, you work for the, the king in the north and the queen in the north. Well, oh, let's examine the, the, the verb tense we're choosing. Uh, I, I used to be the, the court eunuch for Queen Titania, uh, and when I returned to court empty-handed without that grade-A specimen of man-meat, that is, Arnie, yeah. she flew into such an orgiastic rage that I was swiftly demoted to... Adjunct eunuch, oh. and uh, which which means I I go back to eunuch classes. Uh, I have to take eunuchs level one through three, oh. and then I have the I have a chance I have a chance to audition uh, to be court eunuch uh, at the end of next term. Oh, oh my god! Now, if we may take a moment to break down this story, I have one question. Absolute, and I have multiple answers. Oh god! You said that your news caused her to have an orgiastic rage. Yes. How was that? It was uh, frightening and all-consuming to watch. Every fiber of her finely crafted being flew into such a pleasure-filled rage that she crumpled every living organism into a desiccate heap at its conclusion after seven hours. Wow. Seven hours? Yes. She is Titania. That's what you passed up, Arnold. That's, yes. that's too much. It would have killed me. Uh, 
Well, I I hope your relationship with Saramaher was worth it. With who? Saramaher, your wife. Oh, Sarah Maher, my wife? Uh, Saramaher, yes. <laughs> what, what am I saying? You're saying Sar- Saramaher. It's more separated. I think it's, we're saying the same it's thing. It's Sarah Maher. No, I think we're saying... Yeah, th- I, that's what I'm saying. Sarah Maher. I, I believe it might be actually pronounced Sarah Rahkamp. <laughs> no, no I, think, I think much like Arnie and Sarah themselves, you have to separate... Sarah and Maher, Aww. and never have them come back together. No, I think that's the way you say it. Yeah. But anyway, I, pronunciation aside, uh, I am currently on a leave of absence. Uh, I've lost all courtly benefits, and I'm just, you know, taking some time to uh, to tour the countryside and reevaluate what it is I want to do with my life. Did you reattach your um, yes? Bong? Oh, thank you so much for asking, Chunt. Yes, uh, as you as you know, I I do keep my genitalia in a mason jar filled with elven tears, and um, I I haven't reattached it yet, but I'm considering it. Oh. You know, I mean, I'm I'm leaving my options open. Yeah, you do you. You mm-hmm. do you. I'm, I'm really stuck on. Uh, so, are you leaning towards ununicking yourself? You know what I. No one has really asked me that, and I haven't had to ask myself that mm-hmm. yet, Arnie, if that makes any sense. Oh, sure. So, I, I have a lot. Before I was a eunuch, my passion was the short story. And uh-huh. I would I would often write, Gasmoenius, you might remember, I, I would often yeah. write, I, I was well known for, for, for writing the shortest stories in all of Foon. Sometimes they'd be a letter. Sometimes they'd be a, a, a sound, you know. And I was nominated for a lot of National Foonian Literary Awards. That's very true. Uh, yes. What was the the sound one that you got nominated for? Uh, that that went like this, boom. and it's about an elven widow who comes to terms with the fact that her husband's not coming back from the elvish armies of the seventh realm, and she is going to give herself permission to finally embark on that relationship with the centaur tamer that she has had this latent flirtation with. That's such a wow. There's a lot of subtext. Always, yes, the one that always uh, sticks with me is uh, the one that went... <clears throat> oh, that, and you know what? That short story got banned in over 72% of... Libraries in Foon. Really? Yes, it did. It, it but just because it it dealt with um, an erotic frankness. Yes, it's it's very frank. Uh, it was very anti-war. Yes, uh, obviously. P- people people thought it uh, promoted a pro-humanistic approach to life. Well, well I'll tell you what. Even though it was banned, I feel like I always hear people reading it because sometimes if I'm at the Vermilion Minotaur, I'll walk by a, one of the doors where mm-hmm. people are sitting, oh, yes, yes. and I just hear over and over like. Uh, uh. So I'm like, yeah. people are reading it aloud to their kids or to. Uh. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Uh. Look for it. Look for it in your local library. Uh, You know, the shortest short story that I know of on Earth, Mm -hmm. the most famous short story that tells the whole story, and I believe it's Ernest Hemingway. Oh, we're finally going to hear some Earth stuff. Yeah, this is some Earth stuff. Earth stuff. I was about to ask. Uh, Is, um, I believe, how the story, the short story goes is, baby shoes for sale, uh, never worn. Wow, so this has been worth the wait. Oh, Great. I love that. Arnold, that, yeah. has, that has expanded my concept of literature because it's about a baby whose feet are so big that some thoughtless person has given them two small baby shoes and the parents are like, no, thank you. We can't, we can't fit these, these doll shoes on our baby. Wait, Did can you, you say the story again? Well, okay. 
Could so, you just say it one more time? Okay, this is the Ernest Hemingway. Quick, just, I, just say it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, baby shoes for sale, never worn. Great. So the baby died. Yeah. I. Yeah, that's the subtext of the story. I disagree, I think there that the baby just had a really large... Death. You know how sometimes you have to go to a baby shower here in Foon, and you're mm. like, oh, I'm going to get them uh, a, a, a lizard slip. And then you realize the baby doesn't have a lizard tongue, and you feel terrible that you showed up to the shower with a completely inappropriate gift. I believe the interpretation of the story goes like this. The shoes were gifted to a family, and then... The shoes tried to devour the baby, for they were imbued with a dark magic. And before they ever put the shoes on the baby's feet, they put them up on Smeg's list. That happened to a cousin of mine. She had a baby, and someone gave her the baby-devouring shoes. And good thing she checked the tags, or oh, else uh, those yes. shoes would have eaten the baby. Yes, I mean, it's a wonderful gift if you want your baby to be devoured. Yes. <laughs> And some people do, and there's no judgment. There's well, no there judgment. should be a little bit of judgment, right? If you want your baby to be devoured, there should be some judgment for that. Like, I'm open mind. I'm very open-minded, but that seems stuff too far. I'm going to take a stand on that one. I'll have to reflect on that. Evil. If your baby... No baby is evil. On Earth... So let's get into what, what, some what? Earth stuff. No, ba- oh, no oh, baby is evil. Oh, can, on Earth, there's no evil babies. There are no evil babies on Earth. Can I ask you a question, Arnold? You, yeah. And as a father, as someone who's accepted gifts for your baby, mm-hmm. what, what are gifts that you like to receive and what are gifts that you don't like to receive? Oh, um, you know, that's a good question. Um, I love to receive clothes for the baby. Uh, but usually, uh, the thing I've noticed is that people will give you a lot of clothes for the s- size that the baby is now. It's much better to get clothes uh, for a little further on. Yes, like a, like a, a business suit for when the baby is interviewing for positions. Yeah, no, not that. Not that. Or like a that. like a like a underwater. S- breathing apparatus for when the baby goes scuba diving? No, I'm just thinking like, you know, six months forward where Ah. suddenly you're not getting as many gifts. So a Rebaldo. Yes, so your baby's back of the head is protected. So has this been a problem for you for the last eight months? Well, no, I mean, I haven't haven't been able to see my daughter because I'm trapped in an alternate reality. And that is not your fault. That is not my fault? Thank you, Benedict. Well, do do you guys have any questions? Other yeah, questions a ton about of Earth? Questions. Yeah, okay. Let him, so many questions. Let them. Uh, what is so? What is on Earth before you got here? What was like a typical day on Earth? Well, usually I have to get up in the middle of the night and feed the baby because at the time. Okay, the well, walk me through your day on Earth from the moment you wake up until the minute you arrived in. <laughs> okay, from, from that day. Yeah, that day. Oh boy! All right, so I got up. I fed the baby. And do you have the aquarium of saltines ready at the baby's crib to feed her? The aquarium of saltines. Yeah, what do you that, feed your baby? Yeah. We feed baby uh, either. We feed baby. We, we feed the baby either breast milk from some, a goat. No, from uh, my wife actually. Okay, either directly she feeds the baby, or we have a sort of pumping apparatus that will remove the breast milk, and so that you can use it later if okay, if the woman is isn't available. Uh, you said that so clinically. Well, no, yeah, I mean, it's... You can just say if the mom's on it. If the woman is not available, it sounds so clinical. Cold. I guess I was trying to universalize... So sterile. I guess I'm trying to universalize my experience so you guys can understand all Earth stuff, not just my Earth stuff. That's wonderful, because I'm not a father, so I would not understand that. I'm just shocked that you don't have an aquarium full of saltines for the baby. No, no, uh, we feed... Oh, or sometimes you feed, like, a mixture. It's, like, fake milk, I mm-hmm. guess. It's called mm-hmm. formula. 
It's just like powder that you mix with like water. Like equations? No, no, it's not like a math thing. Yeah, so the baby can be smart. Okay, I'll just say yes. Sometimes, sometimes my cousin, she whispers mathematical formulas into her infant's ear, and now that baby is discovering planets. Wow. Mm-hmm. I actually have gotten a lot of uh, emails about space for some reason. People really want to know about what your guys' concept of space is in Foon. I kind of just assumed... You uh, I don't want to know. talk about food and stuff. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right, this is our steps episode. So, so you fed the baby. I fed the baby. Then um, usually I'll see if the baby can be put back down for a nap. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will brush in, my teeth. In food, you wouldn't say put the baby back down. Because it sounds ominous? Yeah. Well, I, that's true. There's a lot of... And then you take a nap? No, no, the baby takes a okay. nap. And then for like three seasons? For three seasons. How long do Earth babies oh, sleep gosh, for? Oh, gosh. Not very long. Like an, a couple, like an hour at the most, it feels like. At, at that time. That's why there's so much child death. Because the babies sleep for three seasons? Uh, yeah, they just sleep through everything. <laughs> and then you have to catch them up on what's happened. And you have to be, oh, oh, no one's not really doing that anymore. That was kind of a winter thing. And now we're in summer and the babies are so confused. And then you just get them a pair of shoes that devour something. And you're like, I'm done with this. <laughs> I've, uh... uh gathered some bits of earth knowledge from my twatting adventures i want to know what does an elon musk smell like what does an elon musk smell like yes what's an elon musk you know i gotta be honest what makes a musk elon uh i think that's a person Uh. i'm not 100 sure i know who that is I don't understand all Earth things. Like, you guys probably don't know everything about food. Yes, I do. Well, let me, I have, just for my time on Twitter, my hour per day allotted on your Uh computer, I have a two-part question. What is a Hamilton, and how do I get tickets to it? Okay, uh, Hamilton, I, you know, I'm trying to think, from the time that I was uh, on Earth, Mm -hmm. all I really know about Hamilton is I know that there was a president named Hamilton. Okay. Um, I don't know, has there been, have you picked up? More. I just know that everyone. Everyone it's needs. That, everyone it's needs also possible to that Hamilton. There, it's also possible that there wasn't a president named Hamilton. Uh, there's some kind of historical figure, mm-hmm. like a, maybe a secretary of treasury. <laughs> What's that? I I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know it very much about Earth, but maybe maybe it wouldn't be a president Hamilton, but a secretary of treasury named. You're just throwing out. You're just like I'm just yeah, ima- possibly. This just is just random. this is the power of my imagination that helps me write those very short stories. Well, that's a great. You know, I'm very curious. Like this is one I don't know, but why not? If just using context clues, what do you guys think Hamilton might be? Oh boy, I don't know. Uh, Hamilton. Hamilton. Uh-oh. He's going into his wizard stage. Uh, type of cookware. Oh, okay. You, that you, you use wanna... next to the ocean. Uh, Hamilton Beach. Yes, exactly. Like Hamilton. <laughs> uh, so, any other uh, any other Earth or should oh, I go? Chanta, uh, you're not going to answer what a Hamilton is. Uh, I would think a Hamilton is a type of like um, duel, like maybe it's something wizards do. Is like you know, take ten paces and turn around and cast a spell. But you should shoot up if you do that. Yeah, it's like the honorable. I'll, thing. I'll meet you for a Hamilton. Sounds like something Usador would scream at someone. And Benedict, what do you think it is? I think it's a way to liquefy a pig. You're like, oh, oh, this this pork is too solid. Let's get a ham melton. Oh, ah, well done, well done. Yeah, yeah. That would be it, so handy. Yes, because sometimes I I want a pig, but I don't want to chew. Exactly. Oh, sure. I just exactly. want to slip it through a straw. Yeah. And just for those of you at home keeping score, 
we've asked Arnie three questions, and so far he's turned it on us, and we've, had to, I'm sorry. we've had to answer what we think it is rather than him telling Arnie, us what it Arnie, is. Arnie, I have a question. Sure. What, what is courtship like on Earth? Oh, courtship. Well, you know, it's changed. It's, it's evolved very quickly, like over ju- even just my lifetime. But like bacteria? Uh, yeah, okay. I guess so. So basically, you know, uh, you see someone that you like and you... Kidnap them? You don't kidnap <laughs> yes, them. Yes, yes, no, I know that's something that w- wizards do a lot of. In the oh, courtship. yes, we kidnap each other. We turn into pieces of furniture. We disappear. We reappear. Sometimes we immediately fly out of a room. Just fly out the window. All of a sudden... <laughs> You never know what you're going to get with a wizard. Uh, well, on Earth, you know, it's it's kind of complicated, but there's a lot of a lot of technology involved these days. There's a lot of like, uh, like sending a message. Like we have little boxes that are called phone. Well, you've seen my phone, but I, I love it. Normally, I'd be able to talk into it, and I would be able to send a message to uh, the person I was courting, and we would talk on the phone. And so, what kind I, of things would you talk about? And I know, I know, you're trying to universalize this for us, but for me, it's so much more <laughs> helpful if it's more personal. It speaks of the Arnold experience. Uh, well, you know what? I am. I try to be a listener. I think that's the thing that a lot of men from my world uh, don't do. Is I try to listen uh, and ask questions in the same way that I interview you guys. You know, when I'm courting a woman, I ask her questions about her life. I knew he was trying to get us in bed. <laughs> what, what she's interested in. Um, and and I just listen, like, get their story and sort of find out what they're all about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would probably also talk probably too much about pop culture stuff. Like, uh, I don't know if I've really explained what pop culture is. Like, entertainment. Like, uh, like, I guess like Danlet. Like Danlet, the play that uh, Tom the Traveler was in. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, oh, he was marvelous in that. Oh, you've got to see it. Oh, three nights in a row. Oh. He, he, should, he, should, he should get a tosser for that. He's nominated. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Uh, and uh, to get back to human courtship, uh, also, you know, you just sort of try to, like, without being too cheesy about it, you 
throw in subtle hints that you're sort of attracted to them. You what are some... Ah, uh, uh, yes, let's hear these subtle hints. <laughs> what are some subtle hints? Or- oh, yeah. Can, can you start with subtle hints, and then can you move on to unsubtle hints? <laughs> sure. More oblique. Uh, subtle hints would be, you know... Uh, uh, very subtle hints would just be like smiling at them a lot, but also Ooh. just saying like, you're great. Like telling them they're great or... Um, you are great. <laughs> that doesn't seem that subtle. Or, you know, that their eyes look nice. Ah, pretty thing. Let me bare my teeth to you and compliment the color of your eyes. Yes, I can see why that would work. Uh As I stare unwaveringly into your eyes, let me tell thee that I find them most becoming. Uh, To to be honest, guys, you know, I've been married for a long time. I've been dating the same person for a long time before that. Used to be married. I am. I am. Who were you married. dating before you were married? <laughs> I was dating my wife before we were married. And Why? And then before her, I dated a few people before that. Ah, but. yes. <laughs> what's a What's a Houdini? What's a Houdini? Yeah. I don't know. I don't, oh, a Houdini. God, you don't know anything. No, no, no. I, 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 Chunt, I think I've sussed it out. What? The reason Arnold has avoided talking about Earth stuff <laughs> he is nothing. he knows nothing about Earth. Okay, I do know Houdini. I, I just realized. I was thinking you were referencing a different Houdini. Uh, is uh, there more than one Houdini on Earth? Probably, probably. But the, the, the most famous Houdini on Earth is a magician, which is sort of like... Peter a, Houdini. That's the one I keep seeing on Twitter. Someone named Peter Houdini? Yes, that's what you're talking about, right? No, no, I'm talking about, um, you know, a hundred... I don't know exactly how long ago... Uh, there was a magician, which is like a wizard, but they don't really have power. And did but- President Hamilton say, you cannot do your magic, Peter Houdini? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. So, so Houdini was like a famous, the most famous magician. And he would also, uh, he would do uh, tricks and illusions, uh, like he would try to escape from things. Like he put himself in a straitjacket and he'd so escape like make from out it. Point? Uh, sort of like make out point. Like finding yourself trapped in a crystal coffin, about to marry the man who wants to marry you. And then suddenly, with your great wizardess powers, replacing yourself with a plate of croissants. Yes. Also, though, uh, the most, one of the most notable things about Houdini is that he was killed. Oh. Doing a trick. Oh, no. Yeah, he asked someone, he would always have someone oh, no. punch him in the stomach, which I guess was an impressive... Is that a trick on Earth? Is yeah. That a, is that a sexual thing? Should we do it here today? Yeah. <laughs> no, Let's no, 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 because Houdini died because of this. He would normally, like, uh, flex his stomach muscles in a way, and then he for, he got punched. Oh, he had he stomach wasn't. muscles. Then we shouldn't punch our Yes, never mind. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Can we get back to the courtship question? Okay. Yeah, sorry, we got off track there. And, and you said that, that you've been dating Saramaher for a while, and I was just wondering, how, how did you and Saramaher meet? Were you both on a quest? Oh, boy, this one is sort of tough. To explain, no, we were working actually. We 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 met on the job. Oh, in in a coal mine? No, no, uh, no. We, uh, it's it's a, it was a really weird job. Like we were both, I guess, sort like of like galley galley rowers in a ship. No, we Your eyes. We connected. were doing something called like promotional work, where a comp like a business will pay you money to do weird, borderline embarrassing things okay. to draw attention to their company. So we were paid. We had to paint our faces completely blue 
Ah, the and color of seduction. Oh, is blue the color of seduction in yes, Foon? Yes, yes. Oh, oh, absolutely. That's why he's Usador the Blue. You oh, that's why all really? The, you better believe it, That's baby. why all the women fawn over Usador the Blue. That's wow. true. Yes, that's so true. Interesting. Except okay, so your, your faces are painted blue. So our faces are painted blue, and we are supposed to walk around uh, the city uh, drawing attention to ourselves and pretending to talk into these, the phones, like I was t- telling you before about talking on phones, and it was called Talk to Your Blue in the Face to promote how great these phones were. And, you know, we just got to talking Talk to each other. until you are so aroused with sexual prowess that you merely explode. Talk until your face is engorged with blood. Yes, exactly. Uh, I don't know much about advertising on Earth, but that sounds dumb as hell. I mean, <laughs> I, I, it didn't seem like the wisest promotional. And so now but. does everybody on Earth use those phones because you did such a marvelous job of promoting them? Uh, well, everyone on Earth does use phones. But like the phones less. that you were talking about no, all those no, years no. ago? I, I have no idea how successful oh. our promotion was. Oh, so but you I think failed. Not we succeeded in falling in love. Was that and, the and that's goal? what they hired you for? <laughs> that was not what they hired. That's for. Mar- I think that's wonderful. I think I... too often, too often, employers hire people and say, "I want you to do a job. I want you to file these papers. I want you to kill this dragon. Here's a task." And you, Arnold, you you turned it around and you said, "How can this employment opportunity benefit me personally in the love department?" And good I for mean, you. I mean, if you. Just taking out the love part of it, that's kind of how work is on Earth. Like, people are sort of like, what can I do within the confines of this job that will serve me? And you actually often get very resentful when your employer tries to impose actual work into your work day. And once you realized you were falling in love with Sarah Ra Camp, Sarah Maher. Did you... Sarah Maher. What sort of magical trap did you set for her? Um, what kind of magical trap? I don't know. I mean, I think just uh, my sparkling personality. Try again. One of the interesting things about romance on Earth is that sometimes courtship is not as direct. It's it's rarely signed, sort of like asking someone out. It's more kind of like being friends and then kind of like sidling into a relationship. So having a secret desire to trick them into dating? I mean, that's a, that's a really crass way of saying it, but it's more sort of like... Uh, it's a safer position, you know? You're not as vulnerable if you're just sort of trying to be friends. You're not stating what you really want until you you're really, indirectly really going. Yes, yeah. I, I see, I see. What, and so you and Saramaha, on your first date, what did you do? Well, um, I guess on our first official date, weirdly enough, we went to a theater in Chicago called the Davis Theater, which is a really terrible movie theater. It's sort of like seeing... Uh, I see you're trying to get sponsorship for the podcast right now. Wonderful. The, and we saw, we actually saw the movie The Chronicles of Narnia, which is a movie kind of about a world sort of like Foon. Oh! Where sort of magical things happen, and there was... Uh, what sort of magical things happen in this story, Oh, Kelly? boy, it's hard to remember. It's been quite a while. There was like a white witch and she was taking over the land and they had to get help from Oh like Portabula the, the Magnificent? Like who? Like Portabula the Magnificent. Hundreds of years ago she was the ivory sorceress and she tried to take over the land of Foon and then a ragtag group of orphans who had secreted themselves into through a through a magical portal uh, from secreted a, themselves? Uh, yes. They'd entered a chifferobe in their dimension and then they went through the other dimension and then they met uh, I believe it was Piccadillo the Hoofed 
and he gave one of them uh, Turkish fun time, and and then they defeated Portabula the Magnificent. Wow! Yes, yes, it's in the history books. Huh. Well, 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 you've tricked us into talking about a fantastical I'm world sorry. instead of answering Earth questions. But Once yes, again. Uh, Sarah was really excited to see this movie that I was a little less interested in seeing, but as a gentleman, I agreed to go and see the movie that she wanted to see at the one of the cheaper movie theaters in town. <laughs> And we had a nice time, and we went and had a few drinks afterwards, and that was our first date. That is going to get me through the cold nights of winter. Thank you for that tale of subtle eroticism. How did you ask Sarah to marry you? Uh, Well, we had been living together for a while, and uh, we... For for a decade? uh, No, but for several years. And it was the baby born at this point? No, no, no. This was before the baby was born. All right, all right. Uh, and oddly, this also... You know, dating involves seeing a lot of movies or kind of like... Sort of like plays. Uh, Why wouldn't you spend time talking to each other? Um, because it's just easier to go see movies. But we went... And we really loved this movie called It's a Wonderful Life, uh, which is a very old oh, what, movie. What, what is it about? Okay. Uh, oh, tell us the plot. Uh, okay. Gosh. I love stories now so I'm much. remembering why I always just don't want to talk about Earth stuff. So uh, It's a Wonderful Life is about a man named George Bailey, who is mm-hmm. the, the nicest, greatest guy in town. Oh, wonderful. He's the one that has the most potential. And it's like he's going to leave town and do great things. Oh, I love this. But but sort of life, life kind of conspires against him to a, a certain extent. And he, he just keeps having to stay in town because he's so good-hearted and he, yes, he helps like people out. Yes, just like you the blue. <laughs> And he builds up like a bank, and he does so much for so many people in the town. Very true. But he always feels like he never, he always feels like he never got to attain his potential. And then he loses a bunch of money. He loses everybody's money in the town. Oh no! (laughs) And uh, I thought you said he was a good guy. He is a good guy. Well, it's then why did he lose everyone's money? Well, it's like his brother or his uncle or something loses all the money in the town, and he's he's really like stricken. He doesn't know what to do. And so he, has, he decides, I'm going to make it better, and I'll get everybody's money back at the end. No, unfortunately, this is where it takes a surprisingly dark turn. He decides to commit suicide. That's not a wonderful life. It is not a wonderful life. Uh, Ironic title. It is. And so he's about to commit suicide, but an angel appears. Why do all the movies on Earth involve fantastical things that are here in film? You say Earth doesn't have... It seems like all the movies on Earth that you've talked about seem to have magic, whether it be a kid in a box in a closet or angels Maybe or I'm the angel in the story and not George Bailey. Continue your story. Well, there's a lot of escapism on Earth. Like, our, we consider our own world boring. So this angel shows him what his life would have been like if he had never been born. And it's a horrible nightmare scenario. Like, it's the same town, but everyone's lives are terrible and everyone's meaner. And he realizes that he's done a lot of good with his life. And then he wakes up. It's Christmas. Did I mention it was Christmas? Which is a holiday we... Oh, God, there's so much. I'm is following. Really? I, through contextual clues, I'm able to get a semblance of the story. Yes. Well, anyway, he, he's, he comes home and he's so happy and he kisses his children who he, who he loves and realizes he would miss very much if he, if he had never been born. And um, Wait, did you... Did you hear that? What? The hog's face bell is ringing. Oh. Uh, yes. And the town you... bell is ringing. Do you hear that? Yeah, I do. And, you know, in the movie, they say that every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. You just tacked that on because I said bell. No, that's really a part of the movie. Well, every time a bell rings, a puppy dies. <laughs> oh, no. 
Oh, One of those no. invisible puppies. So, so the movie concludes this this marvelous story about a man hamstrung by circumstance, trapped in a place he desperately wants to get out of, saddled with a family and and responsibility. And you turn to Saramaha. What do you say? Uh, well, I, we'd seen that movie and really loved it, and it was a nice time. And so then, uh, a year later, we were going to go see the movie. And I uh, went down on one knee, which is what you do when you propose. You're hurt. Oh. I, I was actually hurt. Weirdly, <laughs> I'd had a, I'd hurt my back. It's a really complicated story. I'd hurt my back at the time, and so I but was fascinating. But I was worried that I, you know, when I went down on one knee, that I wouldn't be able to get back up. So I'd like the night before, I'd practiced in my bathroom, like getting down on one knee. To see that I could actually pull myself back up. Guys, see, this good good stuff episode is not as delightful as you thought it was going to be. I think so many people just take for granted being able to get on on one knee. And good for you, Arnold, for for taking the time to say, I'm going to go privately into my bathroom and attempt to do something I might not be able to do. I love that. So so where were you when you, you went down on this dangerous physical challenge? And then what's a humidifier? Thank you so much for for coming back, Benedict, and sharing Earth Stuff episode with us. Thank you for having me. In in this period of transition for me, it was just wonderful to be with such a good support system. Thank you, Chun. Didn't we just ask questions that he just ignored? Well, no, no, I didn't ignore. I really tried to answer them. You deflected a lot of them. I did. I guess I did deflect a lot. But it really makes me appreciate how much food stuff you guys share with me every time. And I'm realizing that some of the questions I ask are not that easy to answer. Not as easy as it looks, is it, Arnold? And I'm sorry I didn't get through the whole story of my engagement and marriage. It's fine. I feel like a lot of it was probably fake. Like, Arnie knee camp got down on his knee. Like, it just seems like a real It's all, no, you know what? It's all as fantastical as it seems. Every word is true. I thought it was one of the most romantic stories I've ever heard. Well, let's see some emails here. I got an email uh, to chunt at gmail.com. That's chunt with six T's. This is from Gavin St. Hours. It says, uh, if Arnie ever does that Earth Stuff episode he keeps promising you and Usador, ask him about something called professional wrestling. It's one of our noblest sports here on Earth, and I'm curious if you have anything like it in Foon. Uh, it's sort of like, uh, it's just like slow fighting. It's, it's theatrical fighting where you just, uh, people pretend to be characters and they... Uh, grapple with each other, they roll around and they threaten each other beforehand and everyone knows it's fake but everyone pretends that it's real. Which is not entertaining. Like why would anyone want some piece of entertainment that you all know is fake but everyone doing it pretends is real? It does seem ridiculous doesn't it? It seems like a horrible idea. Uh, why, uh, like if something uh, is fake, just we, say it's fake. Don't uh, pretend yes, that it's uh, real. Why? Why? Why mince words? What about? Uh, I think we should start a, a, a. What is it called? Professional wrestling. Professional wrestling. Oh, as if a profession. But you've taken your job to be wrestling. Weird. All right. I think we should cram the barbarian to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah he's sure. perfectly fitted for it. Yeah. I'm sure he would. Yeah, you know, professional wrestling is one of those things in my world where it's like it's looked down upon by a lot of people. But then a lot of people... Name them. Who looks down on that? <laughs> well, Shame on them. Billy Yum Yum 2x2? Two two. <laughs> I mean, there are numerous Billy Yum Yum 2x2s two probably do look down on it. But then a lot of people just love it so passionately. And sometimes people enjoy it ironically. And then people like loved it as a kid. So they, you know, decide to keep loving it into adulthood. Who is your favorite professional wrestler? Um, when I was a kid, my favorite professional 
professional wrestler was Hulk Hogan. And I don't know what's happened since I've come into this world, but I'm sure he's still an upstanding citizen who everyone loves. Did you get any emails, Arnie? I did, yeah. Let's real quick uh, take a look. Uh, how many ranks of royalty are there in Foon? Four. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's all the time we have. <laughs> uh, thanks so much. I love hearing about the Magic Tavern. Oh, also, did you know at the end of your podcast, a ghostly voice says how it isn't true. Maybe that's why it's so hard to get people to listen. Is that the work of the Dark Lord? Just wondering. I'm a believer. Nika Harper. That name sounds familiar. Wait, is it hard to get people to listen to this? I don't know. I don't know how many people are listening to this podcast. I'm guessing a lot of people. I'm hoping a lot of people are listening. Is your father coming and recording more stuff after we finish our episodes? Did they say ghostly or hunger ghostly? It's No, just ghostly. Oh. I don't know. It's no. probably some confusion. I don't know. It's probably maybe like they're... They're listening to it on iTunes, and then like the next i the next podcast and their playlist comes up. I don't know. A couple of people have said something about some weird thing playing at the end of our podcast. I'm sure it's just some weird technical glitch. So uh, before we go, Benedict, what 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 does the future hold for you? Well, uh, level two unit classes start in October, and so I'm I'm going to be going to those, uh, uh, and then you know just trying to get my face. My face seen around the cast. It's it's so political, the mm. eunuch world, and you just really need to know the right people and 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 be at the right eunuch parties and yeah. know the right eunuchs. Uh, and so I'm I'm just going to be um, hobnobbing with the genitalists uh, in the in the near future. Um, and of course, as always, writing my short stories. You know, it's already October, so you might have missed the sign up period for level two. I know I've been doing a lot of trying to convince you that this wasn't real, and I'm going to do more of the same right now. Think about it. It has to be a podcast. In any other world, this many wordy conversations would have led to some sort of plot development. Usador the Blue was played by poor man's Ian McKellen, Matt Young. That's not even accurate. It's more like the man a poor man's Ian McKellen would feel sorry for. Chunt the Whatever He Is was played by poor man's lumberjack doing voiceover gigs for free, Adel Rafai. The eunuch Benedict Whisperbrew was played by special guest Brendan Dowling. Brendan and Matt perform regularly with the Improvised Shakespeare Company. You can also follow Brendan on Twitter, at Brendan Dooling. And if you're looking for pithy observations about the Sally Field film canon, today is your lucky day. Hello from the Magic Tavern is produced by Ryan DeGiorgi, Evan Jakover, and Arnie Niekamp. This episode was edited by Chris Rathjen. Check out Chris's other podcast, Improvise Star Trek. Goodness, the Peter Pan syndrome's in full swing today. Every last thread of this carefully woven quilt of blather was brought to you by Cards Against Humanity, with help from the Chicago Podcast Co-op. Check out Cards Against Humanity at cardsagainsthumanity.com and the Chicago Podcast Co-op at chicagopodcastcoop.com. Basically, just type in names and put .com at the end of them. For more than two centuries, the White House has been the stage for some of the most dramatic scenes in American history. 
Inspired by the hit podcast American History Tellers, Wondery and William Morrow present the new book, The Hidden History of the White House. Each chapter will bring you inside the fierce power struggles, the world-altering decisions, and shocking scandals that have shaped our nation. You'll be there when the very foundations of the White House are laid in 1792, and you'll watch as the British burn it down in 1814. Then you'll hear the intimate conversations between FDR and Winston Churchill as they make plans to defeat Nazi forces in 1941. And you'll be in the Situation Room when President Barack Obama approves the raid to bring down the most infamous terrorist in American history. Pre-order The Hidden History of the White House now in hardcover or digital editions wherever you get your books.